Hello, hello. Welcome back to the How I Met Myself podcast. I'm Jessica, your host. I have a huge smile on my face today because it is sunny outside and I live in Los Angeles where it's supposed to be sunny most of the year, but we have had a particularly gloomy, dark winter and spring and now we are finally coming out of the clouds and it's beautiful out and so I just could not be happier to be coming out of the darkness. Um, I have a really, really cool episode for you guys today. Today we are going to go deep on human design. And, you know, I have looked into and sort of studied a lot of the other modalities like astrology and the Enneagram. I've also used Myers-Briggs and StrengthsFinder in the corporate world. But I really had very little knowledge about human design until recently. I first learned about it, I think, on another podcast. And then when I was at Sivana, which is a wellness retreat hotel in Arizona, I talked a little bit about this on another episode, I took a human design workshop. And that's actually how I met my guest today. Her name is Jenny Johnson, and she is a human design expert. She has a coaching business where she works with leaders and entrepreneurs to really uncover their full potential in business, and she incorporates human design into her work. So today she is joining me on the show to share all of the wisdom that human design has to offer us. She is going to go through all five of the different human design types. We're also going to talk about the different profile numbers. And I definitely recommend downloading your human design chart ahead of time so that you can actually follow along the conversation with your chart in front of you. And I've included a link in the show notes where you can do that for free. So definitely, I would pause this right now and just go ahead and do that so that you have it. And that way you can reference your own chart as we're talking through the different types and profile numbers. You know, what I really love about human design is that it gives us a lot of information about how we best make decisions. You know, we all make decisions differently. And in this conversation, Jenny really explains for each human design type how we can make aligned decisions. She also explains how the chart can give us clues about where our career opportunities will come from and how to leverage our strengths in the context of our work. Human design also gives us an indication of who we are attracted to and helps us understand our partners better. And I actually had my husband's chart in front of me during the conversation as well. And it was just so fascinating for me to see where the differences lie. And with that knowledge, I can adjust how I operate because I have a better understanding of where he's coming from. There is just so much wisdom in the chart and it is so applicable to really every aspect of your life. 
I learned so much during this conversation and I know that you guys are going to find it so valuable and applicable as well. After listening to this, if you find that you are wanting to learn even more about human design, Jenny has given a very generous discount code for her online course and she is actually offering How I Met Myself listeners $200 off her course and I've included a link in the show notes and the discount code is How I Met Myself. I actually started taking the course myself and I can vouch for it. It is really insightful and easy to understand. You can break it into chunks, so definitely check it out. And just one more thing before we get into the interview, I would really appreciate it if you could go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review the show. It really helps me reach more listeners and bump my podcast up to the top of the feed when people search for this kind of content. Plus, I really love hearing your feedback, so it would mean so much to me if you would take a moment to submit a rating or a review. And without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hello, hello. I'm Jessica, and this is the How I Met Myself podcast, a show where we talk about the journey of self-discovery and finding your purpose in life. After years of feeling stuck, I finally found clarity around my purpose. Now, I'm going after my dream, sharing my story here, and bringing you conversations with healers and spiritual teachers to help inspire and guide you to your purpose. Join me and start building the life you're meant to live. Hello, Jenny, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you to be here with me today. And thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait to talk about human design. I you know, honestly, I think human design only came across my radar maybe within the last year. And it was something that I was very interested in right away, but didn't really know like where to start. And then when I was at Savannah in Arizona back in April, I saw that there was an offering for a workshop with you. And I was like, oh, yep, this is it. I'm signing up. And so that's how you and I met. And I just, I learned so much. It was such a great introduction for me. And um, I, yeah, I'm just looking forward to learning even more from you. But before we go into all of that, I wanted to just start off with kind of a little bit of an icebreaker. And I was wondering if you could share a time in recent weeks where you felt just completely at ease, you know, joyful in your flow state. Like, what were you doing? Who were you with? Were you by yourself? That's fine too. Just take us back to that scene. Yeah. I love that question. Um, I would say, you know what, I'm reading this book called the city of Ember. Actually, we just finished it yesterday, but over the course of the past couple of weeks, I've been reading with my twin daughters. They're 10, this book called the city of Ember. And it is, an incredible book. I, I recommend it to anyone who has kids, but also just adults. And I think 
for me, like reading is my love language and it's the love language of my daughters too. So that's when I'm in my flow, just like hanging out with them. And we're just like learning something new or exploring new ideas together. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. I love that. Well, I'm going to have to put that book on my list and my daughter's only two, but we'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, so tell us, For somebody that's never heard of human design, like me only maybe a year ago, what is it and, and where, what, what are its origins? Yeah. So I describe it as a self-awareness tool most often. And the way I like to think about it is it's a way to focus your energy so that you can move through life with a little bit more ease, a little less overwhelm, and just really I see it as a way to maximize your full potential, honestly. And of course, there's no tool on the planet that's going to like, you know, allow you to move through life where it's completely sunshine and rainbows. But I, I find that it's so applicable to relationships, to business, to career. And that's what I love about it. And it's, it's a merge of several different disciplines. So it's a merge of astrology, I Ching, Kabbalah, uh, quantum physics and astrology. Okay. Did I say astrology, the chakra system chakras. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So five different disciplines, which makes it really nuanced and fascinating. Wow. It sounds like it's, it's very complex. And, and so how did you first discover it and get, get into this field? Um, kind of like you, honestly, I stumbled upon it by accident. I was living in Portland, Oregon at the time, um, was walking in the hills, uh, of the, the forest and forest park. For those of your, your listeners that live in Portland, they'll know exactly where this is. And I stumbled across it by accident and was just so taken back by it. I mean, I can just visualize it right now in this moment. Um, and human design finds us at a time we need it. I fully believe that. And it found me at a time where I needed it. I had really just gone through this spiritual awakening. Um, I had lost my dad very suddenly and it felt relevant for that. I had just left a 10 year corporate job, moved across the city, starting a new business. And I found it and was like, this is the key to harmony. Everyone needs to know about this. And I just, I can remember that moment so clearly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So it just really spoke to you right away. And had you been interested in astrology or any of these sort of other adjacent, um, you know, frameworks? Not really. I mean, I I was a chiropractor early in my career. So I've always been interested in kind of like alternative ideas. Yeah. Um, But I was never into astrology. I'm still not even that into astrology now. I just like a a human design. Um, So it's just like so many people, it spoke to me. And and once I heard it, it's like something that I couldn't unhear. And here I am all these years later, integrating it into my business. Yeah. I mean, now it is your, your business, right? You're a, you essentially are a, a coach for executives. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you use it, human design in, in your work. Yeah, I use it as a tool to help people maximize their career joy and their career success. And so it's just one tool that I use within my business, but yeah, I work with entrepreneurs and leaders and help people streamline and grow their business and their careers. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. So 
I was thinking, you know, I want to go through some of the, the key aspects of human design, the different types. So yeah, so maybe you could just start by sharing like, at a high level, what are the different human design types? And how do they kind of, like, what are some of the, I guess, defining characteristics of, of those types? Yeah. So when you download your chart and you look at it, you'll see that essentially there's a body graph and it looks like a bunch of shapes and lines that kind of merge together. And it looks just kind of complex and overwhelming at first, but at the top of your chart, it'll say what your type is. And there's five different essentially archetypes in the human design system. And I like to say that before I get into the types, I just like to mention there's 7 billion possible different body graph combinations. And so I like to remind people when they learn about their type, it's you're really getting information that tells you how to leverage your energy in a way that um, brings the most amount of satisfaction or success or whatever your code is based upon your type and the least amount of resistance. Mm. And so there's so many nuances you can understand about your chart. I call them career charts in my world. But um, but in for our sake today, uh, there's five different archetypes and they are generators, manifesting generators, projectors, manifestors, and reflectors. Okay, okay. And I remember when we did the workshop, you kind of broke down like roughly what percentage of the population each one is. Do you mind just sharing that? Cause I thought it was kind of, I thought that was interesting. I definitely will. Do you want me to kind of go into like some key points about them too? Yeah. That would be perfect. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Let's start with generators. So generators make up about 37% of the population. And when I say generators, I'm talking about the energy type that says generators without manifesting in front of it. That's who I'm talking about right now. So generators, like I said, make up 37% of the population and really our, I say our, because my type is a generator as a generator, our life is really simple and we'd way overcomplicate it. And so if you're a generator, the most important thing to know is you're here to do work that you're excited about that lights you up and that you love. And when you do that, when you kind of surrender to all the ways you think that your life should look like, and you really just follow this like inner bliss, by letting life bring you clues of what's lighting you up moment to moment to moment, that's when life becomes really juicy and fun and magical. And it's what makes us as generators magnetic when we're doing what we love. People are like, I want some of that joy. Like I want in on that too. And so um, that's the biggest uh, deconditioning. I would say that generators have to move through is this idea that, life has to be hard, that you have to hustle, grinding it out, doing work that you don't love. It's just not true. And it's actually not how we are wired. Mm, okay. Oh, so those gosh. are generators. <laughs> love that. I mean, like that alone is just something to ponder if you're a generator for, you know, an hour or maybe 10. Um, and then if you're a generator or manifesting generator, they, they, that's who that's my sign or I say sign type. <laughs> Your type yeah. Um, manifesting generators make up 33% of the population. And the thing I always say to manifesting generators is like, give yourself permission to not live in a box. 
Mm. Because so many of us were raised, you know, by well-intentioned parents or school systems or whatever society told us that said, you just need to focus on one thing and then blah, blah, blah. That's not the case for manifesting generators. You, as you know, are wired to use your energy in so many beautiful and diverse ways. And this is why life gives you so many different things that fascinate you and that you're passionate about because manifesting generators are here to juggle a bunch of different balls at once. So when I work with manifesting generators in business, I know the worst thing I could tell them is to do one thing at a time. It's like, No, like if they have a business, they're probably going to have multiple revenue streams within that business. Otherwise they feel grumpy and bored. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even think back to when I was in corporate, I always, you know, there's like pressure, especially as you progress in your career to kind of pick a lane and be like, you know, I'm going to be strictly marketing or strictly communications. And I was a generalist. I was good at a lot of different things. And so that was something I was always kind of fighting against because the way our companies are typically structured is like, you do need to sort of pick a lane so that you can move up the ladder and progress in your career in that way. But as a generalist, there's not like a, that upward mobility as a generalist, you, you can't, you know, there's no director of, you know, or VP of generalist, your VP of marketing or your VP of communications or business development. And so that was always something that I found was uh, something I struggled with. And so now being outside of the corporate world, I'm just given this opportunity to really pursue all these different interests and integrate them in a way that's like, you know, feels good for me. So it totally makes sense. That resonates a lot. Yeah. And you said something that's really important that that's a key word for manifesting generators, which is integration. It's being able to gain clarity around what are my passions and being able to integrate them and merge them in a way that feels fun and exciting. And that makes you just want to like press go. And as a manifesting generator, you know, you're on your path when you feel this like visceral, like almost primal drive. Like I have to do this. Yeah. That's the feeling. Do you like, I'm guessing, you know, that feeling. Oh, for sure. I mean, even when I first, when the idea to start a podcast first kind of came on my radar and I've talked about this on the podcast is, you know, it just, it was actually something that came up in a reading with a psychic medium, but it, she asked me, you know, have you ever thought about doing a a podcast? This may sound like it's coming out of left field. And while it was not something I had really actively thought about the moment she said it, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this makes so much sense. And I just like had to do it. I was just, you know, off to the races as soon as we hung up from that call. So I totally, totally can relate to that. Yeah. Well, and you, and we'll, we'll continue on with the other types, but I want to say two things there that you said, that's really important for your audience to tune into. One was you just said someone, the psychic medium 
presented you with an idea. And that is how generators and manifesting generators are kind of designed to operate. We, you and I, and anyone who is a generator is designed to respond. So Mm -hmm. instead of trying to figure out in our head, what should I do? We're designed to just be out in the world, talking to people, interacting with like people without an agenda and to notice what is coming toward us that people tell us that we see that we hear that feels really exciting. So that's such a great example of being led to your highest path through the process of responding. And then I'll say one more thing about you. I just have your chart right in front of me here. What's fascinating is you have gate 12 defined. So the number 12 has a circle around it. That means it's defined. Okay. And in your chart, usually people who have, who are designed to be performing through their voice in some way, actors, singers, podcasters, a lot of times have that gate. I don't know if you know that, but. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I feel like that might've come up in the workshop, but you know, in a more general way. And so that's so good to hear. I love that. That it's like in, it's a blueprint really for you know, your life and, and, and the unique gifts that you have that you should be using. Absolutely. Yes. I love the word blueprint for it. Okay. So let's talk about projectors, Um, projectors. Okay. So projectors make up about 20% of the population, give or take. And, um, their energy is very different than that of a generator or manifesting generator. And the way that they're different primarily is that they absorb the energy of people around them, especially the energy of generators. And so what that does is it makes them really sensitive to the energetic health of the people that they're around. And that's really important for them to know, because number one, it means that when when they are absorbing the energy of a generator, it is going to give a projector this like boost of energy that allows them to kind of go and go and go and go that consistent energy. Whereas what they'll find is when they're by themselves, because they don't have this, like, um, I call it the energy resource center, which is the second box up from the very bottom of the chart that is white for a projector. And what that means is that they have like an inconsistent flow of energy. It's, it doesn't like run full speed all the time. Like it does for generators. It's more inconsistent. And always tell projectors your gift. And it truly is a gift is your lack of consistent energy because it makes you really, really wise about others because they're absorbing the energetic state of other people and it allows them in business or their career to be wonderful guides, facilitators, mentors, leaders, managers. They just, they oftentimes really shine that way, especially when they're able to work in a one-on-one situation because they see people. They're amazing connectors too. Yeah. You know, my husband is actually a projector and he was with me at Savannah for the workshop. So it was so interesting. And that was something that he really took away from the workshop was recognizing that he does have this ebb and flow of energy. Um, I think that that was something that he sort of, 
hadn't really been paying attention to, but it really, it was something that really stood out to him. And he's, he's always been, you know, a leader. He's been CEO of companies before. And I find like one of his greatest gifts is being able to see other people's gifts and their strengths. And he's, you know, he, he will see things in people that I think other people don't often see or something that, you know, somebody might have normally gotten lost in the shuffle in a company, but he can really kind of laser focus in on what their unique strengths are and then, you know, help, help them use that within the context of the company. That's a perfect example of how a projector is meant to really shine in an organization. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, Let's talk about manifestors. So manifestors um, make up about 9% of the population and they are the only um, energy type that is here to take immediate action when they feel the urge. So how they're different is all the other energy types that we're talking about today, aside from manifestors, need some sort of outside stimulus, something that comes from outside of them to kind of guide them on their journey, on their next step. Manifestors are different. They are their own internal guide without needing any sort of input from the outside world, which is really fascinating. And I think a lot of people hear manifestors and they're like, oh, that sounds so glamorous because they are true change makers. Like they are here to truly create, um, to inspire us to think new ways, to come up with new ways of doing things, to just change the way that we view ourselves and the world at large. Right. So it sounds really glamorous, but it can be really challenging to be a manifester too, because most people don't like change. Yeah. And so that's why their aura, like when a manifester walks into a room, um, a lot of people, like you'll notice, they'll just look at them. Like their presence is really powerful and noticeable. I don't know if you have any manifestors in your life, but you usually know when you're in the presence of one. Mm, Interesting. And so is it that they don't actually like all of that attention on them, but they just sort of naturally draw it is or. yeah. Yeah. They naturally draw a lot of attention because like, whereas generators, for example, our aura pulls things toward us, like our, or like our energy, if we're like really in our essence too, when we're doing work, we love tells people, Hey, I'm over here. I'm like warm, I'm accessible. Like I'm available to opportunities. It pulls in whereas manifestors energy or aura more pushes out, pushes away from them. Okay. And think about that from an energetic perspective, how important that is. Cause they're here to push change out into the world. It's so cool. Yeah. But what that does is it can make them seem a little bit inaccessible and mysterious and unknown to others. So mm. most people just don't know what to do with manifestor energy. And I always tell manifestors, you're going to have to be the one to break the ice. Cause you just might be kind of intimidating. So like mm. be the first one to say hello, be the first one to approach people so that you're the way that you're here to inspire and create change can really shine through. I see. Okay. I love it. And, and then the, the last one, is it there one more? 
Yeah. And then we have reflectors. So they make up about 1% of the population. And if you look at the body graph of a reflector, it's really easy to tell who they are because their entire, all of the nine shapes within their body graph are completely white. And what this means is anywhere, actually, whether you're a reflector or another energy type, anywhere in your chart where you see white is where you absorb the energy of the people and environments around you, you absorb it and you take it on as your own and you reflect it back out to the world. So if you think of reflectors, they're absorbing through all nine centers, the energy of everything around them. And they are then mirroring it back to the world. And what this does is number one, it gives us a sense through them, us meaning like the collective, the other 99% of us, it really gives us a sense of like, who, who am I, or who are we as a group? Because we're kind of like our cosmic mirrors, like they're just the uh, a reflector is like a chameleon that's ebbing and flowing based upon what type of environment they're around. So by looking at them, we're able to tell how are we doing here? Like, mm. are we operating in a way that feels fair and just and, um, you know, is offering equality for all people, or are we off, are we operating from a different state because a reflector's energy will show us how we're doing. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. So they're kind of like a barometer for everyone else in a way. They are. And that's why I've had reflectors in my workshop, literally cry when they learn about how their energy operates. It's really touching because they finally understand that they, who they are changes day to day, and they're going to be different based upon who they're around. And so instead of trying to like figure out who they are or um, show up in a consistent way, when they learn that, no, I'm actually here to be a cosmic mirror. And all I need to do is just notice what are the environments and the people that like, just offer this feeling of like surprise and delight for me. And just yeah. to like follow those and, and immerse myself in those environments, um, knowing that like every day I'm going to be different and that's okay. That's my magic. Mm, yeah. It, it seems like with all of the types that what it can do as a tool is it can really help us break down the programming or conditioning that we've kind of grown up with, or the, the things that the narratives that we've held about ourselves and, and maybe some of the the insecurities that we have and, and sort of turning that into actually like our strength instead of a point of weakness that we might've thought. It seems like to me, that seems like one of the best ways to use this information is a really, it's sort of giving us permission to be who we really are. Yeah, that's exactly it. It does give us permission to be who we are. And um, also it reminds us that there isn't one right way of life. Um, And I think that's so beautiful. Um, You know, I'm how many years into this journey? I first learned of human design when I was in 2018. So I'm like about five years into this journey and it really, it's an experiment. 
Mm-hmm. Human design allows us to experiment with our own energy, really, so we can be our own guru. And you know, I think that that is the most important thing that I, that I think that people can get from it. And it's how I try to help people is um, teaching them how they can be their own energy reader instead of placing power in structures or ideas or even like people outside yeah. of. So it's really powerful. Yeah. There was something you said when you were talking about manifestors and you were saying like, you know, um, people might think that it's a glamorous thing to be a manifester. And I think that that's something that's come up a lot, like with any of these different frameworks, whether it's like Myers-Briggs or astrology, there's sort of this, like, I think misconception that like one sign or one type is better than another, you know, or that one sign or or type is associated with like certain negative qualities. And I think that it's just really important to like dispel that myth because no one sign or type is better than another, right? It's just about really understanding kind of who who you are, how you interact with the world and and how you can leverage that to, like you said, move through the world with less resistance and more ease and flow. Um, Yeah. I will say one thing, one thing kind of on that note that I'll, that I'll just kind of expand upon is it's really true. I think sometimes people will hear about the different types and be like, Oh, I want to be that type or whatever. But, um, what human design does is allows us to understand how we're unique. Yeah. And, um, like I said, there's 7 billion possible chart combinations and your, your energy type is just like one aspect of how you operate in the world. And when you really take the time to understand all the nuances of your career chart, you understand how your essence is meant to shine through, especially like in a business setting. And you're able to understand how, how am I uniquely meant to serve? And also Mm -hmm. how am I uniquely marketable? How am I uniquely meant to like share my wisdom and my truth with the world? Because everybody ideally has a different approach. And that's why I love it because there's so much cookie cutter business advice out there. And it's like, oh no, we just got to go to the root of who you are. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Oh, I just, I really love that. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about the way that you can use this, you know, to do exactly what you said, to figure out how you're meant to uniquely serve. Yeah. Well, um, it's really fun um, looking at your chart here. There's a couple different ways. So the first thing I would say is just understanding um, the energy of your career type. And we can talk about resources at the end. But the second important thing to really understand how to leverage is how to make decisions. And so on your chart, it'll say your decision making strategy and um, and let's see what yours. Yeah. Yours is wait for clarity. So with yours, yours is all about giving yourself time to kind of ride your emotional wave so that you can get to a place where you feel neutral before making key decisions in your life. Yes. I remember this from the workshop. I remember you saying like, if you notice you're making decisions when you're really happy, like 
pay attention to that or when you're not as happy and, and really trying to get to that place of neutrality before you make a decision. Yeah, exactly. And, and, um, understanding your decision-making strategy, what it does is, you know, our mind, our mind is essentially meant to analyze and to reason and form opinions. And our mind is so good at that, as you know, but our mind is, is logical. And our mind isn't necessarily meant to make our most aligned decisions because our mind will always go to a place typically of fear or scarcity or logic when making decisions. And so what it does is when you understand your decision-making strategy, you're able to root all that reasoning, all the ways you're contemplating questions and ideas that arrive in your mind, and you're able to root it down into the body where you use your body's resonance to tell you, here's what's actually aligned for your soul's journey. Mm, Okay. Yes. So walk us through, there was an exercise I think we did in the workshop where it was like something about lighting up in your solar plexus. Can you, can you, do you know what I'm talking about? Can you share that? I I do. So this is an exercise that's designed for generators or manifesting generators in particular. And so what it is, is um, generators have that energy resource center defined. So that second square up from the bottom of your body graph is colored in. And that acts like a motor that gives you that go, go, go energy. And the key to turning on that motor of your body graph is responding to yes or no questions. If you're a generator, your strategy, how you leverage your energy is through a response mechanism. And so what way, one way that like you, for example, can make aligned decisions is by asking yourself, yes, actually having someone else ask you ideally yes or no questions so that you can feel in your body, where do I feel a yes? It's a lot of times in the chest for manifesting generators. And where do I feel a no, which can be anywhere. It's oftentimes the gut and you can pay attention. Where do I feel a yes versus where do I feel a no? And how do they feel different? And so I took you through that exercise. I asked you these silly questions and had you guys close your eyes. And I asked you, do you have a cousin? We started, we just warmed it up a little bit and got you used to it with easy questions. Do you live in California? Do you have a cousin? Do you have siblings? Do you enjoy swimming? Like all these simple questions. Yeah. That's a really good way to tap into your body's innate intelligence and to know like how, what truth feels like in your body. And then we did that. And then it works for things like, do I want to be in this relationship? Do I want to move across the country? It works for big life questions too. And I took you guys through that exercise. And then for you, we talked about how once you feel that yes or no, instead of taking action on it right away, you're designed to wait for clarity. So to sleep on that information ask yourself the question the next day, see if it's still a yes or no, and then move forward. Mm, Okay. Yeah. I think there's, there's so much wisdom in our bodies and being able to get really good at kind of translating that wisdom into the decision that's really aligned is so, it's so important. And it's, it's like kind of the key to everything. 
I feel like, you know, it's like, it's just about unlocking your intuition. Yeah, exactly. You said it best. It is. We all have different forms of intuition and it's about tapping into that and trusting it because that's, it's easy to override it with our mind. Yeah. So that exercise you said is, is particularly applicable to generators and manifesting generators. What would you say is there for the other types? Is there a similar exercise or is it just a, they make decisions in a different way? Yeah. So it's different for, well, first of all, manifestors and projectors, um, about 50% of them will have wait for clarity as their decision-making strategy too. Okay. Um, so, so that's a really common one. So 50% of the population just has the strategy of they need to wait for clarity and they need to not make rash decisions in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but like for projectors in particular, there's four other, um, decision-making strategy types that are a little bit more rare. For example, some people need to make decisions by talking things out. Mm-hmm. Um, by soundboarding with people they trust that are just will listen and not offer opinions. Um, another really common decision-making strategy is called splen- splenic authority. And it's something that's easier to access with reflection. So it's about being able to intuitively sense right in the moment, what is the right decision for you? It's subtle though. It's sensory. So, so it's experiences like this inner knowing or this smell or this like, um, ability to hear something in the moment. So it's very subtle. And I always tell people, if you have this one as your decision-making strategy, the best way to tap into it is to reflect back on your life and to really notice when, when were there key decisions that I didn't listen to where my body or my mind told me to do something else. Ah, uh, I see. And, but, and like, you didn't listen basically. And you didn't listen because that they'll just know, Oh, that showed up for me as an inner knowing, or like <laughs> I heard this sound or, you know, maybe I see my vision changes this certain way. And that's my intuition that tells me to do this and not that. So oh, it's wow. very subtle. It's unique for each person. That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was thinking about my husband. I was actually just going to see if he, so where, where, cause I, he I had him send me his chart right before this. Where, where does it say your, your decision-making it's under inner authority or something else? No, it's, oh, it's inner authority. Sorry. I okay. it's inner authority. No, that's okay. So, cause it was so interesting because he's also, I'm emotional solar plexus. And so was he, but I find we make decisions in very different ways. He's a projector though. So for example, like he makes very quick snap decisions, maybe maybe to a fault, you know? (laughs) Um, but whereas I definitely am more of a wait for clarity, I actually find I do like to talk things out and have a sounding board, Mm -hmm. but I also can sometimes get into trouble there where I'll rely too heavily on someone else's opinion. And then I'll actually like, it'll lead to confusion for I won't know what my inner knowing is. So I'm kind of learning to like back off on that a bit, but yeah, I was just, I don't know. I was just thinking about my husband because he does tend to make these decisions very quickly. And, um, 
but yet we have the same type there on inner authority. But I guess it's more nuanced than that, like you said. Yeah, it is. I mean, I have some guesses on what his chart might look like. You'll have to send it to me. Yeah. I'd love to look at it. But so on the very bottom yeah. left hand um, side, um, there's a triangle that's about intuitive awareness. Mm-hmm. And if it's defined, meaning colored in, that means he will have a really strong ability to sense what is correct um, for him or for others in the moment. Um, it's colored. Yeah. Yeah. And mine's not. Yes. Yours is undefined. Yeah. So what, what you just said doesn't surprise me. And this is where the nuance of a chart comes in, but it is still correct for him as a projector. Here's how this works for him as a projector. It is correct for him with major life decisions, career relationships, Um, where you guys live, those are the things where he'll really need to wait for clarity Mm -hmm. um, before making like the bigger decisions. That's how it works for him. But like smaller in the moment. Yes. Oh, that's spot on. Yeah. You know, we've talked a little bit about, well, maybe you can expand a little bit on how people can use their chart to hone in on what their work could look like, you know, where, what type of career, what types of role would be a good fit for them? Um, Because I want to talk about that. And then I would also like to talk about maybe how it applies to personal life, like with relationships, for example. Yeah. So one thing I'm really careful of with human design is not to assign roles based upon different energy types and things like that. But what, what let's talk about clues. Okay. Um, Let's talk about clues because, um, one thing that I'll give you some clues is when you look at a career chart and you look at the, um, I use the BG five system, but I should have pulled the Jovian archive one. It says public public profile, the Jovian archive one says mine says public role. So it's the numbers one or five, one, or, um, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause I remember I, I have the Jovian one from our workshop. Yeah. I I can tell you what mine is, for example, you're Um, six, right? Or six. Yes. Yeah. You're a four, six. So those numbers and your chart give you an indication of like how you can uh, live out your life purpose, let's say it. So there's six different numbers. And what it does is it tells you like the natural form of expression of like how you will can um, show up in career or business and just feel like you're really in your essence. That's what's important to know. So for you, for example, that first number, the four is about being a natural influencer. Mm. And so I always tell people who are a four, like you naturally have this like warmth and this like inviting energy that makes people feel like they're part of your tribe when you want them to be right. That's Mm -hmm. important. Um, And so you being a networker and just being really influential amongst the people that are in your kind of inner tribe, your inner network is really number one, how you gain the most opportunities, but it's also how you're able to kind of share your essence and spread your wisdom and the things that you see. 
in the world that you know need to be shared. Yeah. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah. So like if you're a four, for example, if you have a four in your profile, I always remind people that it's important to give yourself permission to just um, really nurture the, the people who are already in your life and to not feel guilty for maybe not wanting to make friends with strangers or to have a huge network of people. That's actually not how you're ideally designed. You're here to really like have your group and to be an influencer within that group of people. Mm, Okay. Okay. And then the six, so you have the six and the six is like the, the second number in your um, profile really tells you what is going to make you feel grounded and most secure as you live out your life theme and yours is a, um, is about being a role model. It's about being a leader. Mm. And what's really interesting about the six is typically a six has like kind of three different phases of life and you're in the middle. So the first 30 years of life is kind of learning about life through a trial and error process. What works, what doesn't, um, uh, it, it can be a little bit painful and a little clunky sometimes, but I'm a three we get through it. Right. It's kind of like a life of like a three, a person who was a three in their profile. And then you get to like 30 to 50 and you're kind of just trying to figure out what do I do with that information? How Mm -hmm. do I integrate that into like, who am I and what am I here to do and to learn and to share? And that translates then into really stepping into being a role model and a leader and being able to share your objective wisdom about what works, what you've learned through your own experience mm-hmm. with the world at large. So those numbers give you an indication of like kind of this like character that you came to play in this game called life. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that also just hits because I, I do feel, you know, like I'm kind of in this second phase of my life where I've sort of moved beyond my initial career and, you know, I'm taking all the wisdom that I learned from, from that first part of my life. And even from childhood, different challenges that I faced and kind of trying to integrate it. And then I do see that I'm just starting to build what will really come to fruition probably in the next decade. You know, it's, it seems like I'm still very much like in the, the building phase and that it won't really like take off until, you know, a little bit more time has gone by. So that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I love that you're giving yourself time. I just want to say, um, I think a lot of us generators and projectors too, we come into a new endeavor and we're like, it needs to be, I need to be making six figures within one year, or we set all these like ridiculous parameters for ourselves instead of like surrendering to the process and enjoying what you said, you said a key word building. Mm-hmm. We're builders. Generators are builders. We're here to bring inspiration into form through the process of growing and tweaking and pivoting and learning. Um, And so I love how aligned you are and just how you really understand the dynamics of that, that like there is no crystal ball that is going to tell you you're going to get here by this date if you do this one thing. 
despite what all the social media ads will tell you. (laughs) Yes, that's so true. But I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days when I'm like, oh, I wish I had, you know, this, this, and this already like tied up in a bow. And I do have to take that step back you know, and just remind myself that there is a lot of time still and, and that I need to just grow in a way that feels aligned. And so that does mean going at a slower pace, I think. Yeah. And then honoring the, um, not self theme in your chart, which is frustration. And so frustration is the key emotion that all generators face when they are getting ready to up level. And so instead of seeing frustration as a bad thing or like experiencing shame or being like, I'm, you know, I'm blocking something from coming into my life. It's like, oh no, thank you. I'm frustrated. Great. What is this information telling me? Is it time to pivot and move on? I don't know, but I'm going to look for the clues that the outside world is sending me. That's going to tell me, is it time to change course or is it time to just change the way I'm approaching this thing? Mm-hmm. I wonder if since, so there's six numbers, we talked about four and six, would you be able to just kind of quickly tell us about the other numbers so that people who have those in their chart can, can get a sense of, of what they mean? I would love to. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the one, the one is about being um, the, an authority. And so ones I find are really just naturally curious. They have this like insatiable curiosity that makes them want to investigate and research and really understand the things that they're really passionate about. And this is for a reason, because if you have a one in your career chart, it means that you are designed to be an authority on the things that you have learned and uh, developed a real extensive um, foundation of knowledge around. Ones always think they don't know enough to become an authority. And I just want to just put that little nugget out there that you do know enough to get started um, and um, usually feel like you don't know enough. Now, if you're a two, I call this the natural and human design terms. It's a lot of times called the hermit. So I like saying the natural because these are people who just naturally know things and they don't know why they know them. They're called the hermit in human design terms because they need a lot of alone time, a way to decompress from other people. And so the the kind of gift with this is to, number one, see what are the things that other people call out in them? So what are, what are they being complimented about? What do people ask them about or ask them to help them with or for advice for? These are such great clues that they can like translate into their career. Now, if you have a three, a three is about being an experiential learner. So they're born with this natural resistance, this natural resilience, actually, I should say that allows them to move through this like trial and error process of learning and discovery that they go on throughout their life. And the reason they experience this is so that they can learn what works and what doesn't work. And if you think about this through a business lens, this gives someone a beautiful opportunity to really under understand, um, to take their wisdom and to bring it into life. I'll give you a quick example. I worked in the franchise industry for like years and years and years. And through observing all the different ways 
that these businesses were run and the training and the marketing and, and all of the aspects of our franchise, I was able to learn what are the traits in an entrepreneur that allows them to really shine? And what are the things that like don't work in business that hold people back? So that's an example, taking trial and error, synthesizing what works and what doesn't and bringing it out into a business of your own. I see. Okay. And then five. So yeah. we talked about the four being an yeah. influencer. A five. I think of a, um, I think of fives as like being natural marketers. So like a messenger. Mm-hmm. So we said like with you, like you nurturing your inner tribe is important. A five is the opposite. They are ideally, they are perfectly equipped to like go into organizations or businesses and to really offer practical solutions to problems. Um, fives have like a save the day energy about them. People usually will project on them that they can fix anything usually because they can. And so it's really important for them to know and to identify what are the things and the people that I actually like working with step in do the thing, offer the solutions in your innovative way of thinking, and then like step out and move to the next thing is a correct and natural flow for a five. So consultant type roles is like perfect for five. So they're not like with the same people day in and day out. And then we've talked about the six. Yeah. Okay. That's so, so helpful. And it seems like there's definitely a really great way to use this in a business context, but it seems like it can also be helpful in relationships. I mean, even just like I've talked about my husband a little bit and just me being able to understand how he makes decisions differently from how I do or how he's, you know, the ebb and flow of energy, those kinds of things. Maybe just could you speak to the way that, you know, this can be applied in a more personal context as well? I'd love to. And I love that you asked that question because one woman that was in my workshop a couple of weeks ago, she said to me, she goes, human design saved my marriage. Oh, and I thought that was fascinating when she learned about her husband's design. Um, things just started becoming more harmonious. So the first thing I would look at in relationships is when you look at your body graph and um, look at the shapes where you're white. So like for you, for example, you have the very top triangle is white, the very bottom square is white, and then that um, intuitive awareness center on the bottom left-hand side is white. Where your chart is white is where you are here to learn and to become wise about other people's energy. Mm. And so that's usually where you'll experience hiccups and relationships because it's where you absorb the energy of the people around you and you interpret it as if it's your own until you learn about human design and how this works. Mm. So you, for example, the top two centers, the very top and the bottom have to do with pressure. So they're both pressure centers. That top is about feeling pressure to take action on all the ideas and inspiration that comes through you especially ideas that come from your husband (laughs) pressure to answer all of his questions. It's almost like you can probably read his mind. So that's something you're here to become wise about. And then if we look at the bottom, like that bottom square for you is undefined. It's associated with stress and drive and stamina and our adrenal glands. So you're here to become wise about the fact that 
other people's timing and their own agenda of when they think things should get done um, is up for interpretation and that, and that you don't have to feel pressure to do things at the same pace that everyone else does. And in fact, it burns you out when you do that. And so these are the nuances and relationships where it's like, gosh, if we just learn this about our undefined centers, we're able to offer so much grace to ourselves yeah. and to our people, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. This comes up all the time in our relationship. You know, he'll say something, he'll ask me like a simple question, like, you know, something that uh, something, you know, like household chore or something that needs to get done. He'll ask me like, Oh, you know, can you do X? And I'll just like immediately feel so much pressure. Like he's like demanding, I do it right now. And he's like, no, I, I literally don't care when you do it, but like, I just feel that the moment he says it, I feel the pressure. That's a classic example of how this works. Exactly. Yeah. You nailed it, especially with the energy of that bottom center. So yeah, it's just beautiful. It's, it's all about electromagnetic energy, right? And it just, Mm -hmm. our human design really tells us, gives us great indications of who we're attracted to and what we're here to learn and how we can grow. Yeah. There was one thing that you mentioned during the workshop too, that I found really interesting. And it was actually about how the chart can give us insights about our physical health. And I think like immune system as well. I just, I thought that was so fascinating. I wonder if you could just share a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a really, I love that question. It's an insightful one. So when you look at your career chart or your chart, your a career chart. That's why I call it my world. When you look at your body graph and you look in the, in the bottom left. So we've talked about that intuitive awareness center, the people who have it defined, meaning it's fully colored in all the way through the whole triangle. Um, this center is connected to our immune system. So the people who have it defined, I find tend to have an immune system. That's oftentimes a little bit more robust Um, it's oftentimes, um, well, this shows up as having like a real intuitive awareness about how your well-being is being impacted by the environment around you. And so, so that's the aspect of this center and how it relates to the immune system. A lot of times these are people who, um, they don't even realize that they're sick until they're like so sick. They can't get out of bed because their immune system is just so strong that they're usually not hold held back by like sensitivities like that versus when it's undefined, um, like yours and like mine too, we tend to be a little bit more sensitive to just things in general. So like medications, um, foods, um, you know, even like topical things that we put on our skin. Um, there's just like a level of sensitivity there because mm-hmm. we're more open. Our yeah. we experience intuition in um a wider variety of ways. And that is how our body allows us to maintain our well-being is by being really sensitive and responsive to the world around us. It's like a protective mechanism to keep us safe. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say there's a strategy there to kind of counteract that to, I guess, keep us healthier? Is there anything, any way you would recommend using that information? Well, 
I think the awareness around it is just the most important thing, knowing like when you're undefined, you're just going to be more sensitive. And and it actually comes with a lot of intuitive awareness around the environment around you. And I would say just to notice, like, when am I starting to feel off and not pushing and forcing yourself through that feeling of being off because it's your body's way of telling you, this is the chiropractor, former chiropractor, me speaking, it's your body's way of telling you it's trying to heal and mend itself. Yeah. So that's all this is. It's an awareness center. And that's what it's here for to give you awareness around how is my body responding in this moment to this environment? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always say like, you have to listen to your body and anytime, you know, I start to feel sick. I really feel like it's like my body's way of telling me like, I need to slow down. I, I, you know, I'm pushing it too hard and I just need to rest, you know? So I think that's, that's important for everybody to pay attention to. It's so fascinating that that's like actually in the, the chart though. I think that's really, really cool. It's honestly a big theme in your chart too. Um, this, this, um, how part of you living out your, your life purpose will be giving yourself permission to rest. Mm. That's seen in several spots throughout your, throughout your chart. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I love, I mean, I think that's, that's great. It makes, it makes so much sense because I do have that go, go, go energy which I think is characteristic of generators or I I guess manifesting generators is part of that as well. Right. So it definitely makes sense. I don't take time to rest, but I have, I think recently in the last few years of my life, I've started to just get more disciplined about carving out moments throughout my day to, to take rest. And when I'm, when my body really needs it to just like fully lie down. I've never been a napper, but I'll just now take like 20 minutes and just listen to like a meditation or do like a yoga nidra just to give myself that deep, deep relaxation. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there's so much in your chart. That's about personal empowerment too. That's like a big theme that runs through your chart. And a big part of that is being able to honor your moods too. And being able to like really honor that ebb and flow of like, when I feel kind of melancholy or when I feel kind of blue, knowing that like, that's actually part of the superpowers of some of the strengths you carry in your chart is being able to give yourself permission to just feel that, not try and find a reason for it, not try and label it or blame it, but to see it as a gift because that like melancholy. And I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. It's actually a, it's part of your creativity. It's what fuels you as like this really unique person who came here to create change and to inspire change and new visions in the world around you. That's a big part of your chart. And so I love what you said about giving yourself time to rest and not necessarily like vegging out, but just time to like restore and like really tap into you because you are your own, you have this inner genius and this creativity within you that's ready to shine and it just, but it's cyclical. Mm, okay. Tell me a little bit more about this melancholy fueling creativity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So there are, when you look at your body graph, there's several different circuits. So I like to think of the body graph kind of like an electrical circuit board. And there's several different like types of circuits that carry a different type of energy within a body graph. And your, yours happens to be, um, uh, heavily weighted in the theme of self-empowerment, empowerment in general. And so what that means is with that theme, you're here to mutate and to change the way other people see themselves by you honoring yourself and your uniqueness and your creative process. And what's really interesting about this circuit in and of itself, which by the way, you have, um, I counted, you have five superpowers, like key superpowers oh. in your chart. We should do a whole session on that. Yes. Tell and, me more. <laughs> and four of them are related to empowerment, meaning they're meant, they're meant to change the world. That's essentially what they're here for. But with all of the superpowers that run through this empowerment circuit, there is an ebb and flow of emotions that comes with it, especially since you're emotionally defined, you have weight for clarity, um, inner authority, right? Like emotional clarity is your inner authority. Okay. And so, um, you will naturally experience this, this like kind of spectrum, this ebb and flow of like, you know, hopeful, feeling hopeful down to like sad melancholy and back up again. Yeah. And your melancholy, that's actually time to like, not be out in the world and be your sparkly bubbly self, which is one of your superpowers. But it's telling you, no, it's time to go inward and just focus on you and just ride that wave. Mm, yeah. Wow. That's so, that's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I definitely experience those peaks and valleys that you're talking about. And I think, you know, it's, I've just been thinking about in the context of the number six and how you talked about like those three different phases of your life. I think in the first 30 years of my life, I was not good at honoring those peaks and valleys. And I think I'm getting much better at, at doing that and really noticing, like, I'm not actually in a super social mood because I've always thought of myself as this very like bubbly social person. And so I think I've just always kind of leaned in that direction, but it's, it's been a, a realization to me and maybe a maturing to kind of say like, oh, you know, actually I'm not really in that mood right now. And I am going to go more inward and, and, you know, be the hermit, so, so to speak. So that's, that's interesting that it's in the chart. Yeah. It's what you just described primarily originates with gate 22. So it's associated with that emotional awareness center on the bottom right side, okay. your body graph and gate 22 is like the gift of being able to be like charming and have this like inner grace that really gives you this keen sense of awareness around like when the timing is right to share your insights and to like, kind of be a catalyst for change. I think, you know what I'm talking about, but when you're not feeling that like graceful, charming energy, like the, the way to use it instead is to go inward and, and you're that, that melancholy feeling tells you, Oh, it's, it's time to just like maybe zip my lips for now and just 
hang out with myself Mm. and enjoy that before I go back out in the world and do my thing. Mm. Yeah. There, it just seems like there's so many insights you can get from this chart that, yeah, I think otherwise sometimes we feel a bit lost or confused about what we should be doing, but it's like the chart kind of gives us a a sense, it grounds us a little bit and who we are. Yeah. It's like, you already know all this about yourself. It just gives you, it just, it's like, I'm not giving you any new information that you didn't already know about yourself. It just like, it like gives you this ability to, um, it gives you permission in a way, not that no anyone else needs to give you permission, but it's like, that's how I feel about it. When I first learned it, it was like, oh, this gives me permission to just kind of be unapologetically who I've always known I meant here to be and not try to be anyone else. Yeah. I, I, I see it the same way. It's like, I think because there is just so much conditioning in our society, like there's certain ways of being that are just to kind of tend to be like praised in our society. And so we all have this tendency because we grew up in this culture of trying to like fit into that mold of what society tells us is like, you know, the, the path to success. And, and this is really kind of, like you said, giving permission to actually, no, you don't have to move in this one direction that society says is the way is, is the one way to be. It's really about actually like truly understanding who you are and then allowing yourself to actually like really live that out. Yeah. I think it's really beautiful. I like saying, give you permission. I I think it's just all about like being your authentic self and the the chart kind of just helps you. It's a tool to help you do that. Yeah, absolutely. I loved this. I I definitely want to do an in-depth reading with you because it's like, I learned so much just by even looking high level at the types and the numbers, but there's clearly like you're pointing out these gates and, uh, you know, the energy centers, there's so much more here to, to, to really dive into. So we'll have to do a follow-up in the meantime, though, for people that do want to, obviously you shared where they can download their chart, but for people that want to go a little deeper and want to start learning, what are some of the best resources or tools where they can find more information? Yeah. Well, there's a couple different ways for people who like to just sit and kind of read and take it all in and like highlight and take notes. There's a great book by Karen Curry. It's a workbook. Um, and so I'll get you the link so you can put that in the show notes. Cause it's a, I find it's a really great resource as a beginner's guide. Um, I also think that the app it's called my human design. It's the one that's like kind of pastel colors. That's a really nice one too, as an introduction. And you can listen to audio um, clips that tell you about your chart. So that's great too. And then I'm also available here as a resource um, to put this through a business um, or career lens. Okay. I love that. So yes. So how can listeners connect with you, uh, work with you, or even if they just wanted to find you on Instagram, can you share all your information? Sure. Yeah. So I share little tidbits about the gates and different aspects of the chart on my Instagram. Um, and so people can find me at higher underscore house. That's H I G H E R. 
um, underscore house. That's my Instagram. And then um, they can find me um, on my website at higherhouse.co. And I work with teams and individuals and yeah, I integrate human design in everything I do. Oh, I love that. And I will definitely be booking a session. So thank you so much. I can't wait to learn more. And I am so excited to, to share this with the world. So thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. 